everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, The Zone. We're going to talk to Stuart Mandel of The Athletic coming up here momentarily. Of course, senior college football writer for The Athletic. We love it when we get a chance to talk to Stuart. We'll get his take on uh, just how good the Utes really are. You're going to ask him if you think, uh, well, no, I mean, I, I wonder. You're going to ask him if you think uh, this Utes team could be better than the 14 I, you know, I don't know whether he would he would be as clued in on that as, as we are. You know, not that any of us really knows for sure. Uh, but no doubt about it, this, this Utes team is a little bit different. And depending on who USC decides to hire, this is probably the perfect time to have a really good team let me ask you this do you think urban meyer was was rooting for oregon to crush usc i don't know because all this does he want it or not all this stuff comes out that and maybe usc doesn't want him uh you know know. in fact we can we can ask our next guest uh all about that whole situation uh joining us now on the sprint special guest line lease any handset and get an ipad for 99.99 visit the sprint store nearest you he makes the magic happen at the athletic he is Stuart mandel with us on the big show hi Stuart. thank you very much for a few minutes how are you i'm great how are you guys Hey, we're great. Uh, so where's Urban Meyer coaching next year? <laughs> um, you know, if it's not USC, I'm not sure it'll be anywhere. I don't think he's itching to get back into coaching so much that he would take just any job. And I heard you guys just now talking about it a little bit. You know, I think there's a little bit of hesitation on both sides right now. I mean, nobody really knows what Urban Meyer wants to do. Um but I don't know that he's made it obvious one way or the other that he definitely wants to get back into coaching or he definitely doesn't. Um, but, you know, I think as USC is about to hire a new athletic director and obviously um, decisions will have to be made here soon, to me it's not clear that the, the key decision makers there and especially their new president are all that comfortable with hiring Urban Meyer and all the off-field stuff that happened last year and, and, and the disciplinary issues going back to Florida. Um, I think anytime there's a coaching opening, though, at a school like that, um, many, many different people have voices in it, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that think they should move heaven and earth to get him, and then there might be others who don't. Mm, Stuart, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think the truth is with that? Do you think? How, I guess the question is, how mu- how attractive is Urban Meyer? As uh, is he one of the top two, three candidates for any job in the country, or has this? off-the-field stuff that you were talking about there tarnished him to the point where not so. Well, I think if you're talking just football, he, uh, yeah, as of last year, he would say, who are the best coaches in the country, Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, or Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and Dabo Swinney. So there's no argument there. I mean, if he became USC's coach, I would expect them to be really good in a really short amount of time. But I do think the events of last year with Zach Smith, um, and that's not even getting into these health issues, the very... Uh, I mean, let's not forget he was bent over on the sideline in anguish from the headaches related to his brain cyst multiple times. On you know, you'd be watching the game on TV and see that happen. Um, and I, he is not, as far as I know, has not addressed publicly whether he's that anything about that has changed. So uh, I, I just don't think it's as, as 
And I think a lot of USC fans or a lot of people just assumed, oh, it's a kid and they're going to fire Clay Helton, they're going to hire Urban Meyer. And that, I think, if anything, we're, we're finding out that it's not that uh, simple. An interesting thing about that, Stuart, is that I remember sitting down and eating lunch with Urban Meyer when he was coaching the Utes here. And this was a long time ago, and he and he talked all about his headaches back then. And he and he he said to me, he said, "There's no way I'll be coaching by the time I'm 50." And I I kind of laughed out loud at that, but uh, it turned out that he wasn't really joke. I mean, the, the, it, I guess he lasted a little longer than that, but not much. It sounds like I'm trying to remember the chronology here. I mean, he has had that condition I think since he was an assistant at Notre Dame. He had a surgery a few years ago. I don't remember exactly when that was to try to alleviate it, but it seemed like the last two years. Going back, I remember the Penn State game in 2017. It was a big issue, yeah. um, and then there was one game last year where uh, my my colleague and buddy Bruce Sheldon was a sideline reporter and was there on the sideline and watched him kind of you know come on down on one knee and like clearly had to collect himself. So it's a serious thing, you know, and and. I think it's very easy for us on the outside to say, like, oh, you know, if he wants to get back to coaching, he'll be the next coach at USC. You know, that is a factor that has to be considered as well. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic here uh, with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Stuart, your thoughts on the Utes uh, coming off this run since the USC loss where they really were just uh, killing teams and then overcame a little adversity against Washington to get a big road victory. Where are you at on the Utes right now? Yeah, the Utes, they've been very impressive and, and as you get distance from that USC game, I think it's easier to go back and say that that was a bit of an isolated event. That was some really good USC receivers who burned some really good Utah defensive backs who since then have been lights out. So, uh, and I think obviously, you know, I mean, this is the first time in years that I, that they have a quarterback who uh, is not just, you know, competent, but is actually, you know, extremely efficient and, uh, you know, right now, you'd say he's been the best uh, quarterback in the Pac-12 this season. So, I think they're in really good shape as long as he stays healthy, Zach Moss stays healthy. Uh, I fully expect to see them uh, in Santa Clara, and I would, at this point, be surprised if they're not uh, 11 and one going into that. If they were to beat Oregon, if all that happened, uh, do they have a shot at a playoff spot, Stuart? Yeah, if you're a 12 and one Power Five champ you're going to be on a very, very short list in that last night of the season. I mean, it would be. It just kind of depends on what happens in some of the other conferences. Obviously, there's a lot of talk already about the LSU-Alabama loser, uh, you know, being able to possibly beat out one of the other conferences' champions. And I think while this one hasn't gotten as much attention, it's a very parallel situation there with Ohio State and State. It'll be, uh, if it comes to that, whether it's Utah, Oregon, uh, whoever, It'll be the ultimate test of, of how important is winning your conference. The committee has kind of given us conflicting messages of that over the years. There have been some teams that got annoyed, and they would say, because we value conference championships, and there's been other times where it didn't seem to matter as much. So, uh, But at the very least, they would be you know, right there in the thick of it. And the fact that they would probably get to beat a top-10 team in the Pac-12 championship game would certainly help. What are your thoughts on Oregon? How uh, for real are the Ducks? Uh, I got to see them in person this past week. They, they were obviously extremely impressive against USC. Um, I think that getting their uh, receivers back and healthy, guys like Juwan Johnson, who weren't playing uh, over the first half of the season, has really um, made a difference. Uh, but that being said, you know, just the week before that, they were very fortunate to survive against Washington State. They've been, um, they've had some scares, to say the least. And, 
I mean, the good news is they, they can beat you a lot of different ways. You know, one week it's the running game, uh, one week it's Justin Herbert. But even with that, you know, they, they showed at times to be vulnerable. Has there been a team this year, Stuart, that you've watched and studied and just thought, wow, okay, this team I think is the best team in the country? Yeah, I mean, right now I'd say it's Ohio State. Uh, they're, they're the only one that just hasn't been touched, really. Uh, and they've played – at first, you know, it's such a soft schedule. I mean, you look down, like some of these teams have turned out to be better than we expected. Uh, now they haven't played um, they haven't played a game like LSU and Alabama are going to play this weekend, obviously. That opportunity will come eventually against Penn State. But right now you look at them and you're like, man, they've got a fantastic quarterback, fantastic running back, great receivers, and, you know, the most disruptive uh, pass rusher in the country in Chase Young. Uh, it just seems like they've got it all together. One of the really interesting aspects to this process for qualifying for the playoff, to me, is the the part that a team has no control over. They have no control over how good the teams they're playing end up being, you know, and it's it's not they're held responsible in a way for somebody else's lack of uh, greatness. And so, but that's all a part of this process as it's set up, and especially the non-conference part of it, and. You know, it's always been a pet peeve of mine why these schools schedule those games. I mean, we've seen announcements this year of games that are going to be played in 2036. In basketball, I realize that scheduling a football game involves more logistics than a basketball game, but in basketball, the coaches literally say, like, well, I think I've got a young team. I've got a young team going back this year. We're going to take it a little bit easier. Or, you know, I think we've got a chance to go to the Final Four. We need quality non conference wins. Football. You schedule a game for 10 years in advance, you have no idea. You know, when Oklahoma scheduled UCLA, they had no idea if they would be uh, a 10-win team this year or a 2-win team or somewhere in between. So uh, I've talked to committee members about that in the past, and uh, I don't get much I don't get the sense that they are interested in, like, giving you credit for scheduling the game. It's just the schedule is what the schedule is, and you just got to evaluate them based on that. Stuart, explain what's going on at uh, at Florida State to me. They didn't want to pay Jimbo Fisher, but yet they'll eat $20 million to get rid of Willie Taggart. Well, I don't think the Jimbo Fisher thing came down to – I mean, yes, Texas A&M just, just gave him the, the – I mean, still, even a couple years later, the most outlandish contract in the history of the sport. I don't think that was a matter of, well, Florida State didn't want to pay that. They, no, not many people could pay that. But the Willie Taggart hire seemed kind of doomed right from the first game, and they got – destroyed on national television on Labor Day night against Virginia Tech, and it just never really got better uh, for Willie Taggart. Um, and it seemed, I think this Miami game this past weekend, you know, was the final straw. They got embarrassed by their rival at home. And then, another, and then beyond the, exit, or the, the football product, I mean, Florida State is not um, Alabama where 100,000 people go to the stadium no matter how they're doing. You see a game at Doe Campbell this year. It's half empty. Their season tickets are down substantially. So as, as expensive as $17 million is, and it, and it is, they're losing that much or more uh, in donations and unsold seats um, by a fan base that doesn't have any faith in the coach. So I think they felt like they couldn't wait anymore, have to go ahead and make a change, or risk losing that fan base entirely. Stuart, those uh, college football playoff rankings come out. Uh, well, gee, uh, coming up here pretty quick. Uh, any surprises here, or will it be Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson? The one I'm interested to see how they treat is Alabama, because 
they have stayed number one or number two in the AP and coaches polls all season, but they've played by far the weakest schedule of those contenders. And it just kind of feels like they're there because they're Alabama. So the committee, which their whole job is to base, you know, base it on schedule strength, are they going to feel the same way? Is Alabama going to be one or two in the committee tonight, or are they going to be further down? My hunch is it'll be Ohio State, LSU, either one of them will be one and one of them will be two, and Alabama will be three. But I could be wrong. They could say Alabama dominated everybody they've played, and we think they're really good. If you go in the other direction and say that Clemson should be higher, uh, that's the part that's interesting to me. Stuart Mandale of The Athletic with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stuart, over the summer you kind of wrote a hypothetical about uh, super conferences with all the blue bloods in college football. Uh, what what do you think about this pay-for-play stuff that's uh, that's going on in the NCAA trying to figure out a model that would work? Do you think that would make uh, the, the super conference thing more or less likely? Yeah, I think they're kind of linked together. It's not an easy, you know, way to get from one to the other, but it would stand to reason that if um, NIL payments do become kind of the, the law of the land, and whether that's by a, the government making it that way or the NCAA taking upon themselves to do it, obviously there are certain schools that can afford that and there are certain schools that can't. Um, and there are certain uh, fan bases where, I don't know, there, there's an opportunity to exploit that more than others. So. I don't think that's something that's right around the corner, but if we see college football become more professionalized um, in terms of how the players are compensated, then it would stand to reason that something like the super conferences where the you know the blue bloods get together and sell their own TV product, yeah, it would stand to reason that those two could go hand in hand. It's just a matter of um, you know how radical is this going to be. The NCAA is trying their darndest to um, accept that they have to do something, but try to make it as um, as modest as possible. And I think that legislators, for the most part, the ones that have, like in California, that have passed these bills, they're not looking to limit it. They want the athletes to have the ability to go out and make as much money as there's a market uh, for it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Stuart, are you surprised that Penn State has been able to rebound from that uh, tragedy that took place there? Uh, and uh, I guess, are you surprised that they've been a- that the program has been able to bounce back? I'm surprised they bounced back as quickly as they did. I mean, they those, those sanctions came down in 2012, summer 2012, and the feeling at the time was that's going to send them into the Stone Ages for at least the rest of this decade. And four years later, they won the Big Ten. Now, the NCAA did roll back uh, some of those penalties a couple years in, but that, that team that won the Big Ten was still definitely you know, built on um, limited recruiting classes. So, obviously, first credit to Bill O'Brien, who kept it going when they easily could have uh, just completely cratered. And then James Franklin is just a fantastic recruiter and a really good coach and has taken it to the next level. So, uh, at this point, we're seven years removed from it, so it's not necessarily um, – as as connected anymore and the fact that they are a top five team right now but the fact that they won the big 10 in 2016 and kind of kick-started this whole thing that to me really happened faster than you would have expected Stuart, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show thank you very much for carving out a few minutes for us all right thanks for having me thank you Stuart mandel of the athletic uh, senior college football writer he's always terrific you think the folks in Minnesota are thinking that the Gophers have a chance to uh, get to the playoff? 
Well, we'll see if it happens. I, 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 I don't. If you're the, I, my daughter lives in Minnesota. Net anymore. So, but what, what? Not anymore. I don't know. Doesn't live in Minnesota. Anymore. <laughs> ah. Minnesota eight and zero, oh, and the coach just signed like an extension into like forever, didn't he? Yeah, and I just saw him on a list to possibly take the Florida State job. <laughs> <laughs> Contracts don't mean anything. No, do they? they don't. No, but, they don't. But uh, I, it's just not a name that naturally comes to mind when you think of Big Ten powerhouses. No. No, it does not. All right. I'd almost root for it just because well, my my daughter used to live in Minnesota. You a big gopher guy as a result? <laughs> not really. You're a gopher fan? <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just fun to see a different name, you know? It's kind of fun to see. Speaking of programs with troubles, Baylor was an absolute mess, and they're undefeated this year. That one really surprises me. Yeah. I thought that they would... I thought that they would take a while to come back Art from that Bryles whole thing. I want to remind you, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. More Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.